Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. The Oilers will be back on the ice tomorrow as training camp continues. The Toronto Blue Jays getting ready for the 60-game Major League Baseball season. They do not know where they will play their home games. On the weekend, the federal government nixed plans to play at Rogers Center. So the Blue Jays are now hitting the road for a pair of exhibition games against the Boston Red Sox. They do not know where they're going to play their home games. They're going to be in Tampa on Friday to play the Rays to start the season. Now, it it sounds like, and I'm reading an article here, Shai Davidi has posted on sportsnet.ca. Uh, GM Ross Atkins said the team had roughly five different contingencies in play. The likeliest scenarios had them either playing their home games at PNC Park in Pittsburgh or Camden Yards in Baltimore. So they could be looking at both stadiums in New York as well. So this is interesting for the Blue Jays, and it's interesting to see how this is going to work for baseball. They're not doing a hub. They're going to be traveling around, which makes it a little more dangerous and a little more uncertain and uh, too much uncertainty for the federal government to allow the Blue Jays to play at home. So they they could be anywhere. (laughs) We're going to see July 29th is their home opener and reading Shai Davidi's article, he puts home in quotation marks against the, the Washington nationals because they don't know where they're going to play that game week and a half away. They, they don't know where they're going to play the game. So there's another story to follow as we get ready for the major league baseball season. Seven, eight, zero, four, nine, six, zero, zero, six, three is how you can call or text. Uh, this person says, read how many players do the Oilers send home before August 1st? How many bodies do they carry on the roster that uh, that don't play? Well, they uh, they don't have to they don't have to send anybody home. You can have unlimited number of goalies. Now they did already send uh, they did already send uh, Olivier Rodrigue home, so they are going to have four goalies in camp right now, and they can have up to twenty eight skaters for the playoffs. So they, 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 they don't have to make cuts or anything like that. So it's not like a training camp where they got to, I mean, they do have to be down to a, a certain amount, but they're not looking at making massive cuts or sending anybody to the minors or anything like that. Rocket says, uh, Hey Reed, I've been ramping up the emotion of a playoffs so much so I logged into my PokerStar account. I had some U.S. cash in there, played a tournament against people from all countries. I made the final table and finished fifth, LOL. So stoked. And Rocket says, I may have found a secondary career indirectly, LOL. <laughs> well, hey, Rocket, if you want to pursue professional poker player, why not? 
there are people who do that professionally, or they're not. Kellen, I've never followed the whole poker scene too much. What's the guy's name? Negranu. That's yeah, really Dan- good. Daniel Negranu. Right. Yeah. And did, was he? Did he have some of their career? He must have before he got into poker. He probably did. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure, but I can give him give his name a quick Google and find out what he's doing before. All right. So there you go, Rocket. I I say why not? What have you got to lose except for all your money? I mean, really, just go for it. Do, do you play poker online, Kellen? I do not, no. Uh, I have never done that. I'm not a big poker player. I enjoy a little bit of gambling. I played, so what is it, what is it called now? Texas Hold'em? That's the poker? Like when I learned poker as a kid, and I had an Intellivision, and you could play poker against the computer, so to speak, and it was five-card draw. So now they have the Texas Hold'em. And I've, I've played, I played that at a friend's house once he had a group of guys over and there was, you know, you put in 20 bucks and whatever. And I, I can be a very deliberate player. People people are going to laugh at me, especially if you play poker all the time. It moved too fast for me. So you're going through and and so many guys, like they know exactly what to do. I have these Mm. cards. Those are the cards in the flop. They don't know exactly what to do. I, I have to stop to think about it because I never play. And then the hand would end. And sometimes I would, stay until the end of the hand with a two and a seven thinking I'm going to hit on something, of course. And then everybody reveals their cards and I'm just starting to process, okay, what do I have? What is in it? And everybody's just like, Oh yeah, he won. I was like, Oh, okay. I, I am not up to speed on this, but good for you, rocket finishing mm-hmm. fifth. And then what, there would have been eight, eight people at the final table. I'm assuming on poker stars. Right. And it's according to my Google search here, Daniel Negranu was actually working in casinos after he dropped out in, uh, of high school to start to pursue the game of poker as a possible career. Uh, oh, really? Way back when. Yeah. He's from Toronto. So. And rocket, if that doesn't work out, you could try competitive eating. He could do the 4th of July hot dog eating contest. Yeah, what's that guy that, uh, well, I know Kobayashi Joey Chestnut. Is, well, isn't there a J- Japanese rival by the name of Kobayashi? Oh, uh, well? yes, I believe that's his name. Yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm not sure which one of them is better, but they both eat a lot of hot dogs in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pretty good. Rocket, thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. It's always good to hear from you. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. All right. So uh, as for the Oilers, a little bit more from Dave Tippett about so far having good health at camp and that move yesterday to flip AA and Ennis. Yeah, that's that part has been very good. We feel stable here. We got, you know, for the most part, pretty much healthy. Jonesy uh, is back with us now. So, uh, that part has been has been, you know, stabilizing for us. We got a we get a good look at everybody, see where everybody's at. So, in that sense, uh, you know, we haven't had distractions like that, which has been good for our group. I think the NS the Atlantico just wanted to flip it back today. I've watched the scrimmages the other way, and I wanted to see how it worked today with the, so those two guys flipped it. We talked about doing that early in camp. We're going to try some different things, and today we just flipped it to see how it went. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll see different line combinations over the next couple of weeks until the competitive games start. The qualifying round begins against the Chicago Blackhawks, and I, I figured it was probably only a matter of time before Ennis got at least some time in the Oilers' top six. Mark Spector, of course, covers the team for Sportsnet.ca, and you see him on the tube as well. Mark, thanks for checking in tonight. How are you doing? 
Well, I apologize for not being there when you called me. I'm just uh, happened to meet some friends here. I'm out having a quick water ski, and I kind of lost track of time, Reed. Sorry oh, my that. good. I didn't know that you water ski competitively. Oh, no, no. I'm just figuring it out. But uh, <laughs> having a good time at it anyhow. How's it going in there? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm in my basement, so it's uh, it's good. I just I just picture you water skiing and going up the ramp and doing all the tricks and the flips in midair because oh, yeah. I know you're an adventurous athletic man. Yeah, no, that's not the case, but uh, I'm with a couple old pros here, and they're giving me the uh, quick lessons, and uh, I'm having a good time. It's a beautiful night out at uh, Lac Sedan here at Alberta Beach. And, okay. Uh, well, just trying to enjoy some time out here, Reed, before we get locked in the hockey rink for two months. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I won't keep you for too long then. Thanks for... Uh, that's fine, that's fine. Thanks for calling in. I, I was just talking about uh, Ennis, and the, the Ennis Athanasiu flip was... I guess it gave us something a little more to talk about because they'd been pretty stable with the line combinations. Spec, I've made no secret of the fact I, I've liked Ennis's intelligence and, and versatility since he joined the Oilers. I think he recognizes the opportunity uh, th- that he has here. And I actually thought he might be in the top six at the start of the camp. Instead, Tip says, hey, we were probably going to try it eventually. And they eventually did it yesterday. Well, listen, on a perfect team, you've got six top six guys. That, you, that are all top six players and you know what they do every day and they're all, you know, you don't have any questions. But on every on every realistic team, read, you got about four top six guys and then you kind of fill in the other spots, don't you? You know, on this team, uh, on this team, I think Zach Cassie is the perfect fit on the first line right wing. He's not necessarily what we'd all call a top six guy, but he sure can play in that role and he does a great job there. And that left-wing spot next to dry settle is clearly the other question mark that the Oilers have, right? And, you know, when you give up two second-rounders for a fantasy, you, you hope you're, you know, you just pay the price for a guy that should play top six. But I'll be honest, uh, I haven't seen a top six player in a fantasy. I don't think you have, and I, I sure can tell you that Dave Tippett doesn't see one there because he's looking hard and he's seeing what we're all seeing, and that is... You know, Athanasiu has not been so effective since he's been here. I said last week, I, I just want him to see him get a little more engaged and, and be a little more tenacious. I mean, Yamamoto has skill, but what makes Yamamoto Yamamoto more than anything? He's just he's he's never not in your way. Like if you if I was a if I was playing against Yamamoto, I I he's one of those players I think opponents go not this guy again. Like get away from me you little <laughs> pest, right? And yeah. and that and those that line scored so many second chance goals. Tip referenced that about Ennis as well. So I think maybe they're hoping to bring that out of Athanasiu. We know you have the speed. We know you scored 30 a year ago, but keep the puck alive for the skill guys on your line. Well, that's it. Like you know, Craig McTavish used to say, you got to do something. Make make me notice you're doing something, right? Whatever it is you do, I got to be able to see you doing something. And we see a fantasy who's skating fast, but I'll tell you what, he, he doesn't work the cycle well. He hasn't traded pucks with Drysaddle or McDavid well. Uh, you know, as opposed to a guy like Cam Moore, you can see what he does. He goes for a guy his size. He goes to the corner and he gets the puck. And we always say this about him. He's walking out of the puck with a out of the corner with a puck and you're going you have no business taking that puck from a big defenseman but you just did and he gives it to dry settle and, and you're in business and uh a fantasy there is no trademark there other than a guy that skates fast and you know lots of guys skate fast read uh there's got to be more right there's just got to be more and 
you know, he gets, he's supposed to get qualified at 3 million bucks this summer. And, um, you know, he's got a lot to prove before anyone is going to hand him $3 million for next season with an $81 million cap. Speck, you and I were texting a bit on the weekend about Broberg and Bouchard. I know you did some writing about Broberg and where he might stand. Looks good. I mean, Tippett said some complimentary things. I don't I don't know if he's jumping into games necessarily, but but tell us, especially Broberg and Bouchard as as, as a duo, tell us what you see there. Well, I'll tell you, I, I caught hell on Twitter today because I said Broberg moved past Bouchard in the depth chart. <laughs> but uh, for what, you know, I'll say this. Like, we've watched, you know, this, I don't want to knock anything on Evan Bouchard. He's coming along. I think there's a nice-looking defense from there, and he's going to play. But I have not seen him stand head and shoulders out uh, in his time as an order the way Broberg has this last week. I mean, you can't leave the rink without talking about the way Broberg's been in this camp. And this isn't just a, Reed, it's not just a normal training camp where, you know, there's a bunch of junior guys and then there's a bunch of guys that are going back to Bakersfield. This is like the last week of training camp when there's 28 guys here vying for 23 jobs, right? It's, it's a, this isn't a normal training camp. And I'm not saying Broberg's in the top six or even seven here, but I'll tell you what, he came into camp as what the 11th guy then green didn't come so now he's 10 and i'll tell you what he's in my opinion he's been you know if they had to play a game tomorrow he gets in the lineup before Lagason does and he gets in the lineup before bouchard does he's been fabulous here this last week i i think that's fair what you what you've and maybe organizationally he hasn't moved ahead of bouchard because they're looking huge picture in the last few seasons but in terms of how he's played the last week yes he has outplayed some other players who are still young but older than him. I, I don't think that's anything uh, inaccurate at all. The Mark Spector Golf Classic. Well, like many events this summer, not going to happen. The great work you do for Sports Central, spec, sportscentral.org, if people want to check them out online. Uh, just tell us about negotiating through everything, the decision to not go ahead with the, the Classic. And if people are able to help, we know times are tough, but if they are able to help, what they can do. Yeah, well, thanks, Reed. It's you know, it's a real disappointment. We had our seventh one here. We were going to do, and you know what? You just can't have any fun, right? When at the point where we canceled, you know, they still weren't letting you in carts together, and you can't have a decent banquet, and you barely pour a guy a cold beer. It seems like anymore. So we we did cancel, and that doesn't mean that Sports Central's still not trying to put kids in sports, right? We're still. It's a tough year on all the charities, not just ours. And you know, I got to say that that. You know, a lot of our sponsors, a lot of our partners, our title sponsor, MHK Insurance, said keep our money and give it to the kids of Sports Central. Guys like North Star Hydrovac and guys like, you know, Greg Kenny over at Vivo, he's still going to do a dinner with Dave Tippett here. Uh, a lot of our sponsors and our golfers who've given us money, uh, they continue, they say keep the money and we'll golf next year. So, People have been kind, but I'll tell you what, it's a tough year to get charity and Sports Central. If anyone out there feels like they can uh, they can help, we're, uh, our doors are open over there. We're trying to keep them open. So uh, thanks for give, letting me give them a plug, Reed. And, uh, you know, we all go back to Tiger Gold Stick at Sports Central, man. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to Edmonton. And uh, anyone out there uh, with a charitable uh, idea, uh, I'll send you right to our website, uh, sportscentral.org, and see if you can help us out. 
Yeah. Well, and again, it's it's not just. I mean, you can obviously make monetary donations, but don't forget about Sports Central. You got couple old ball gloves your your kids yeah. outgrown his golf clubs you get bicycles i mean i've i always say like when i went to the depot that one time there's just bikes like literally hanging off the roof shin pads like whatever if you got it and you're not using it your kids outgrown it take it to sports central yeah i don't know we just sent a, a huge uh, container up on the manitoba transport there are uh, i forget the truck company anyway uh, up north to a reserve and, and dropped off like $90,000 worth of equipment for these kids. And the smiles up there, you wouldn't believe it. So, yeah, if you're in your garage, you got a bike, you got hockey gear. You know, I think kids are going to start playing hockey here pretty soon. So, uh, you know, if, if you've got stuff and your kids have all grown it, uh, I'll tell you what, we'll find kids to put it on that it fits. Speck, I'll have to hear more about the water skiing adventure next time I see you at the rink. Thanks for taking a break and joining me tonight, man. Really appreciate your perspective. Right. Sorry I was late, Reed. Take it easy. That's the, no problem. That is Mark Spector from Sportsnet.ca. Always a blast to have on the show. Follow him on Twitter at Sportsnet Speck. Uh, Sports Central on Twitter. It is Sport Central underscore AB and the website sportscentral.org. And uh, as Speck and I were saying, we know it's uh, obviously a tough time financially, but if you have some gently used equipment that you think a youngster might be able to use, go to the website, find out how you can donate. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply that 780-496-0063 to get in touch with me inside sports on 630 chat Good to catch up with Mark Spector again, sportcentral.org to find out more about that. Speck not able to go ahead with his golf tournament this summer, but Sports Central still accepting donations. 780-496-0063 is the number to reach us. Uh, Billy says, uh, hey, Reed, a little worried about Athanasiu. Not optimistic he can contribute this postseason, but hopefully a project for the Oilers to have a player over the next couple of years. James writes in, he says, read the word to describe Yamo is tenacious. Yeah, I think that's a very good word for Yamamoto, James. Good call there. Selkie Trophy finalists, Patrice Bergeron, Sean Couturier, and Ryan O'Reilly. Norris Trophy finalists are John Carlson, Victor Hedman, and Roman Yossi. And, of course, the National Hockey League today announcing just two positive tests between July 13th and July 17th. That was the first five days of training camp. Two positive COVID tests, testing over 800 players. So that is good news. They want to make it through the next week here until teams get to the hubs with few or no tests so they can get them in the bubble and get playing starting August 1st. Andy Sutton. 14 years in the NHL, including a stint with the Oilers. He's up next.
keep an eye on this story about the Canadian Football League. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders have let the CFL know that they would be interested in Regina being a hub city if the season is played. The provincial government in Manitoba prepared to commit $2.5 million to help Winnipeg serve as the hub city. If the season were to go ahead, of course, it would be a Labor Day or I guess a September start at the earliest for the Canadian Football League, maybe as few as six games per team. Maybe they could get to eight or ten. I think uh, the more games, the better. And, well, we're getting up on the, the end of July here soon, so they'll have to make a decision down the road. And, again, the Eskimos uh, team name issue, nothing new today, perhaps something before the end of the month about a potential change to the name Eskimos. Oilers were off today. They will practice again tomorrow at the downtown community rink, tuning up for the qualifying round. That starts August 1st against Chicago one week from tomorrow, exhibition game against the Flames. Of course, we have it on 6.30, Chad. 6.30 for the face-off show. The puck will drop at 8.30. Reed Wilkins with you on Inside Sports, and I'm pleased to welcome back a gentleman who played 676 NHL games, including 52 with the Edmonton Oilers. It is former defenseman Andy Sutton. Andy, good to talk to you again, sir. How have you been? I've been well. How about yourself? Well, time flies. I... I was thinking, like, what, Andy played four, four or five years ago, and then I see 11-12 is your last season, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? <laughs> I know. I feel the same way. It's unbelievable. Yeah, 11-12 was the last season, and then I I got paid for the 12-13 season because I had an injury but uh, never never played a game. So my, my last game post-retirement was not one I was proud of at the end, at the end of the 11-12 season. It uh, wasn't my swan song for sure. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I always enjoyed uh, when we did get to chat here when, when you were an Edmonton Oiler, and obviously, you know, the team was going through some some stuff, uh, a, a bit of a tough time there. Well, what do you remember? I mean, you were traded for Curtis Foster. I think you thought you were going to be a, a duck for a while. What do you remember about finding out you were traded and then joining the Oilers? Well, the, the first the first year there in Anaheim didn't really go that well. You know, I, I shattered my thumb in the first game of the year and never really got back in the fold after I came back from the injury. So I, I really wasn't surprised that I was traded. And, and then honestly, I was um, I was really relieved in a lot of ways to kind of have a fresh start and really to get a chance to go up to Canada and play again. I got a short stint there in, in Ottawa when I got traded at the deadline in 2010. Um, and then love my time, you know, coming back home. So I was, I was really excited about that. And then, honestly, Edmonton surpassed my expectations in every way. I wish we would have won some more games and been more competitive down the stretch. But all in all, it was, it was one of my favorite experiences of my entire career. Well, and that was, uh, you know, a time when the Oilers had had a, a couple of first overall picks and, and were trying to build. And unfortunately, with, with that group of players, it didn't quite reach the extent that people were hoping but I mean you, you played with a 21 year old Jordan Everly a 19 year old Taylor Hall uh, an 18 year old Ryan Nugent Hopkins and a 22 year old Sam Gagne so it was uh, it was a young group of players I know Smith and Horkoff were there but it, but it was a young group of players at the top of the scoring list for Edmonton that year it was incredible, you know, and that, that was one of the things too, you know, near the end, near the end of my career, I was, I felt so inspired to, to help out however I could, you know, with anything that I, that I had learned over the years. And I, I really enjoyed working with the young players in general and then getting a chance to go to Edmonton and being with all these incredible young talents was just such a, such a fun experience. 
Three of those four guys are no longer Oilers. Sam did come back and and was traded at the the deadline this year. Nuge is still here. Andy, would it surprise you to learn that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is beloved, and I am talking beloved by the Edmonton Oilers fan base? No, it, it doesn't surprise me at, at all. He's he's one of the most genuine people I ever met. I you know I was fortunate enough to to get to spend a good amount of time with Nuge and and even get to know his family and and they're they're really great people. So that that doesn't surprise me at all. And and it's been so cool to see the talent that he's turned into. You know, being such a dynamic two way player, it's been um, it's been so fun to watch. I think you would have been 23 when you made your NHL debut. You know, Nuge coming in at, at 18, number one pick. Uh, I mean, did you ever try to think, man, wonder what it's like to, to walk in those shoes, skate in those skates? Oh, I, I mean, yeah, I, I thought that all the time with these guys. I mean, the, the, the older I got near the end, the more these guys looked like babies. I, I was playing with with kids, you know, and I felt I felt so old, but I also felt so I felt so fortunate to get a chance to to go on that journey, and you know, it helped me it helped me push my uh, myself to to try to stick around even longer. And it's it's hard enough to make it in the NHL. It's another thing entirely to to be able to you know reinvent yourself a million times and be able to stay as long as I did. So the the whole journey was um, was pretty incredible well and i love how you put that that you had to reinvent yourself reinvent yourself and i often talk about that with uh, with ex-players or, or, or veteran players i work with rob brown on an almost daily basis during the nhl season and he always says you have to make yourself relevant because somebody wants your job and there are very few players who are guaranteed a job for the next season or sometimes even in the next game so how did andy sutton stay relevant into his mid-30s Oh man, it, you know it was it was so interesting coming. You know, it's a longer story. I don't know how long we have here, but I mean, we got time. coming through college, <laughs> coming through college and getting getting a scholarship to Michigan Tech as a forward. You know, was interesting. And then my career was I don't know. I'd say le- less than less than incredible through the first couple of years. And that was through the that was in the ninety four ninety five lockout, and we were skating with um with a with a few nhl pros and at that time pierre paget came in and spent some time with our team did like a two-week review and 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 upon leaving he yeah the coach called me in and said hey do you want to hear what pierre had to say i said oh sure of course he said all he wrote for you was try sutton at defense and he said what do you think i said i literally it was immediate i said let's do it so uh, right away they you know we made made the switch and you know there were there were a lot of growing pains and you know I had uh, I had to finish that season and definitely felt exposed on on certain occasions and then the junior year was was less than incredible as well and then I don't know what happened the senior year was just everything uh, every everything seemed to align and and it sort of uh, you know grew grew from that standpoint and then you know getting in and starting out with San Jose and you know coming up and making the team in my first training camp was was an incredible experience but it was also challenging because as, as a bigger guy I got in a, a few fights in the rookie camp and then in the main camp and and did well and I don't think that they expected to get that you know I I, I had scored a bunch of points and was kind of like a two-way defenseman in in college and I I think that's what they thought they were getting Um, and when they found out that I could fight too and I was six foot six they (laughs) they couldn't believe it so they uh the timing of that was so interesting because our tough guy at the time was Brant Myers and Brant 
uh, had some ongoing problems with substance abuse, and he just happened to get flagged at that point in time, and he was removed from play heading into the regular season. Well, they thought, oh, great, well, we've got this other guy, so I'm going out every night and fighting the, you know, Scott Parkers and Stu Grimsons of the world and all these guys, and it, it became a part of uh, who I was early on as a player, and I think it was to my detriment. So, you know, to go from that and then and then to try to be, you know, turn back into a forward in, in Minnesota while I was there and, um, you know, took a, took a strong position again after Mike Ramsey flicked me in my face and told me I'd never be a defenseman in the NHL um, you know I, and I pushed on and said you know this is what this is what I believe is, is going to be the thing that keeps me around so you know there's there's all these occurrences across the board with almost every team I played for where there was there was something that I had to do differently to uh, you know to give myself a, a position of, of security on the team and then you're always you're always reevaluating and looking at these things almost on a weekly basis you know to, to figure out I never felt comfortable over the whole 15 years I never really I never really felt that comfortable at all you know I was always always trying to to find a way to uh to earn more ice time or you know have have a longer career so it's um it's definitely something that players need to figure out if they're going to if they're going to spend a long time in the league did you ever cross paths with Pierre Page again or have anybody tell you why he thought you should go play defense yeah, you know, I, n- I never have, but I mean, I'm sure he, you know, at the time with, with you know, the, the Hatcher era and, you know, Chris Pronger kind of, you know, coming up and being the, 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 the big to do, I think at that point in time, you know, he saw probably, you know, the fact that I skated pretty well for a big guy and I had, had decent hands and, and some other things. So, you know, I think he probably just thought, gosh, this guy's got a real chance if he can figure out how to, how to, you know, play defensively, block shots and do all the things you need to do and, you know, be a good puck mover, you know, unleash, unleash a shot from the point this kid's got a real chance so I, I feel thankful that that happened and I feel I feel thankful that the coach was open enough to um, you know Bob Mancini who's with USA Hockey now but that he was comfortable enough to to push me along and then I was fortunate he left after that season and, and Tim Waters came in who was a longtime NHL defenseman and and Tim you know Tim really took me under his under his wing and, and taught me a lot of stuff and was really instrumental in, in my success and and then you know just the ability in my senior season to go out and, and really take a commanding role with the team and be able to you know be be the guy that went out in the in the important situations was sort of a defining you know pillar of my um probably my i don't know self-confidence i guess i would say and my ability to do it and i think i carried that with me you know well beyond my uh, my time leaving tech yeah well said andy sutton joining us tonight at inside sports former oilers defenseman we're catching up with him tonight okay i've asked a few ex-players this question and i've got some fun answers along the way so i'm gonna trust the question and stick with it <laughs> what would have been the biggest issue for andy sutton the player during the pause for the pandemic oh man i don't know i, I think when you're playing you're you're just you're so hardwired and you're just chomping at the bit so it probably for me and i'm like i'm such a go-getter i think it would be it would have been difficult for me not to have something to to dive into and i think for the first month it might have been fun you know you're a little time off whatever but i think by the start of the start of the second month i think i would have been uh, i would have been peeling my own skin off trying to figure out what i was going to do with all the intensity and energy in my body fair question fair fair answer for sure that's a that's a good one okay so let let people know what you're up to now i I believe you're in california and and you've kind of uh branched out a little bit here fill us in 
Yeah, so I, I live in Southern California. I live in a town called an unincorporated town called Fallbrook, and um, my wife and son and I moved to a to a homestead here. So we've got 80 mature fruit trees and vegetable gardens and chickens and alpaca and goats and <laughs> and a partridge in a pear tree. We've got a little bit of everything under the sun. So we're sort of living this sort of uh, homestead lifestyle, trying to you know be a little bit more self-sustained. And then I own a few different businesses. Um, I own a nutritional supplement company called Jomo. Um, it's really an inflammation management company it's it's it has a joint health focus but it's um it's really an inflammation management company i bought that shortly after i retired and still continue to run that brand and then what i'm most excited about and more recently i was able to purchase the verbero uh, brand which was previously in the, in the nhl and has some really incredible sort of flagship products we've got a 350 gram stick which is the lightest stick ever brought to market a full uh, carbon fiber skate which um you know really rivals true at a fraction of the price and it's um it's a much more beautiful Beautiful skate, and and then we really put together a, a comprehensive Team Direct program. Uh, we sell Team Direct pricing to everybody. We've cut out the middleman. We've got pricing that's uh, ridiculously aggressive. We've got incredible customized apparel. We do all the game wear, and then we have a proprietary software system that we've developed that allows us to put all the products available that teams need uh, on e-commerce extensions, verbero.com forward slash team name, and those products are available 24/7/365 for teams. Uh, um, we've, we're growing our rep force in leaps and bounds. We're already up over uh, over 40 reps, and we plan on trying to be at around 300 by year's end. So our plan is to get as many great hockey people involved, sell direct to teams, beat everybody with service, beat them on price, and then and then really uphold everything by the uh, by the team store extensions. V e r b e r o. If people are looking for Andy's company, what do you like most about being a business guy now? Well, it, 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 it sort of attaches to a lot of the challenges that you that you face, you know, and then a lot of the competitive juices that you utilize when you're when you're playing sports. So you have the opportunity to do all those things. And then the thing I like most about it is being able to use a lot of the more cerebral aspects of it, you know, be able to use my mind for, for gain or for, you know, for posturing or strategy. And that feels really nice. And then I think, you know, the, the part that's also wonderful about it and a lot of what connects, I think, to my time as a player is that, you know, I have a team of people that I that I that I brought on board with me here, so I have I have the, all the feelings and and things that went around, you know, sort of being part of a team. So I, it definitely checks all the boxes for me. All right, and now I'm going to ask you a question I've never asked on Inside Sports before. What kind of fruit <laughs> trees do you have? What kind of fruit trees do you have? Oh wow. Yeah, that's that's a great one. So we've got. Uh, I'm looking at the upper orchard here now. So in the upper orchard, we've got we've got pears and apples, and peaches and nectarines, and we've got tangerines, and we've got guavas, and then we've got pomegranate. We've got uh, cherry trees. We've got uh, about every kind of citrus you could ever imagine. We have. Uh, we actually have a couple of nut trees. So we've got all those. And then I built my wife probably close to 15 four by eight vegetable gardens. So we grow everything from cucumbers and lettuce to you know asparagus, radish, tomatoes, um, strawberries. We've got every kind of squash you could ever imagine. So we're uh, we're 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 full functioning here. And then we've got we've got 13 chickens. So we I eat a lot of eggs. We eat a lot of eggs. So we we have all our own farm fresh eggs. And then. Um, we use the goats for, for goat milk, and the alpacas are here to protect the goats, so it's like a fully functioning little ecosystem here. That is amazing. Well, you sound like you sound very busy, and you sound very happy. Like, you honestly sound, like, really enthused about everything, Andy, which is great to hear. 
Yeah, it, life life is great, and despite everything, you know, I I always try try to make sure I take a you know optimistic and positive outlook on things, and and really all in all, life is life is wonderful, and we're you know we're uh, very fortunate here to be on this property, especially in in this very strange time for everybody. So we we've kind of like retracted more into the homestead, and then you know running business out of home now is is really kind of connected everything. It's I think it's good for my son to you know see me doing business and hear me doing business, and it's better for my wife even like to see some of the things that I do so there's a little bit more connection that way and then I can nip away a little bit to give her a hand with him because he's he's a he's a tough one at times so it's it's kind of um it's allowed me to to feel more connected to everything in my life all right and I'll ask you too Andy do you, I mean you sound incredibly busy do you get to watch a, l- a lot of uh NHL and if so um, I don't know how much, how many Oilers game. Well, if you have the NHL package, but how, how much, how much are you watching and following the oil if you have time? Yeah, you know, I'm still following along, and if I have time to follow anybody, I, I like to follow the Oilers. I, I think that team is so so fun to watch, and I I think that the the talent level and especially with some of the top guys there has been incredible. And then a few of the boys that that I still played with are there, obviously. And um, but I, I I would say all in all, I'm a I'm a fan of the game now more than I've ever been. You know, it's a, I, I definitely watch it and just appreciate it and feel reverent of the fact that I that I was able to to do that for a long time. I think while I was in it, I I obviously I appreciate it but it, it was on a different level and now being being removed from it and, and now working in the industry I feel ever more connected to it and that, and that feels nice too so when I watch the games it feels uh, it feels pretty awesome you're six foot six Kyler Yamamoto's about five foot six and he wouldn't have backed down from you Andy that's why he's so popular here <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, we teams need guys like that, and 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 those guys are more valuable than they've ever been. So I mean, they're uh, they're definitely lucky to have him. Andy, are you on Twitter or anything? Or uh, I know you mentioned uh, again, it is v e r b e r o dot com for your company. Are you on Twitter or any other social media plugs you want to give? Yeah, Verbero's on every, on every major platform, and you know we're uh, on our site too. You know we've got a team order form, so if anybody's interested at all in, in you know giving us a crack, we're selling into Canada. Well, we're selling in the U.S. really worldwide. Our program travels um, private label apparel partner here domestically, and then we've got international manufacturing partners that build us. But basically everything under the sun, from all the travel wear and all the all the all the travel bags and every bag you need, and then all the apparel items. They do all of our game wear and custom gloves. All of our sticks are in stock. We're expecting all of our all of our um, stock gloves and pants and uh, skates in in the next month or so. And then beyond that, we're uh, really focused on servicing teams direct with everything that they need. So people can find that order form on verbero.com. They can look us up on all the social media platforms for sure. And and uh, I can guarantee you, people won't be uh, won't be anything but impressed with everything that we put forth. Andy, we're going to have to do this uh, do this again, and we always love having Oilers alumni on, and, and if there's a deep playoff run, it'd, it'd be fun to have you on again as well. Glad to hear you're doing well. Thanks for checking in tonight, and all the best. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, and I, I would, I'd love I'd love to come back anytime you uh, you want to have me. It's, it's such an honor to be part of such an incredible organization and, and city, so I, I, always, uh, I always love the opportunity to reconnect, so thanks for having me. Right on. Good stuff. That is Andy Sutton checking in tonight. Man, he's a busy guy. Sounds like he's loving life, watching hockey when he can. Uh, he's got the uh, alpacas and the, the other animals. He's got a whole bunch of fruit trees. He's got Verbero, the uh, equipment company. So he is, he's off and running. He's, he's, he's doing great post-retirement. Good to catch up with Andy Sutton. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet.
deal. Remember when he had a four-goal game back in October? That was earlier this season. James Deal and the Oilers back on the practice ice tomorrow. Andy Sutton, absolute pleasure to talk to him. Doing well in California, uh, his community just south of Los Angeles. He's got animals, he's got the orchard, he's got the equipment company doing very well. You also heard from Mark Spector tonight, Sarah McClellan, who has come to Edmonton, currently quarantining as she gets set to cover the Minnesota Wild for the Star Tribune. And Chris Cuthbert was on the show tonight. He'll be calling the games on Sportsnet for the Canadian teams here in Edmonton. So he's getting to, ready to rock and roll for that. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, noon to two tomorrow. Stoffer will have the latest from Oilers practice. I'm back tomorrow night, six to eight here on 630 Chad. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show, Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.